0: Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Living Open podcast. Today's episode is on creating a deep well of safety and resource and money healing with Luna Dietrich. I had Luna on the podcast several years ago when their work was um, not yet also about supporting witches around business and money. So it was really cool to have them back on for this conversation, where we get to talk more about, um, not that this work they're doing is necessarily newer, but it's newer than like four years ago when I originally interviewed them. (laughs) So we got to talk more about that direction of their work. And it was really cool. Money healing feels really present for me right now. So I hope it feels supportive for you too. And I think the thing I just really appreciate about Luna's work, or one of many things I appreciate about Luna's work, is it involves the body and it's not about healing our relationships with money outside of systems of oppression or in like a weird bypassy way where we pretend money is just money and is not impacted by privilege or oppression um, but is about healing with money um, within those systems and as we're part of them while also trying to bring about the destruction of those systems of oppression so a little bit about luna luna uses she they pronouns she helps feminist witches and exhausted activists disrupt pleasure oppression and root into fierce self-love all while fighting for more In this episode, we talk about how Luna has changed and evolved over the past couple of years and over pandemic time, not getting addicted to heightened, unsustainable energy, figuring out what is sustainable and enough for you, expanding capacity in a more titrated way, learning to base everything in pleasure and safety, creating a deep well of safety and resource, how changing relationships with money has changed their relationship with safety, understanding how we really want to feel and how to bring that into our everyday fluid relationships with money healing relationship with money working with the archetype of money separating anger at systems of oppression from anger at money building somatic capacity for abundance and pleasure finding safety even when things aren't totally harmonious taking shame out of the equation when it comes to our feelings, fierce self-love, and what has really impacted her from being raised Catholic. We also do a bit of behind-the-scenes processing around our conversation that you didn't uh get to hear because it was not recorded um because as you can tell as you listen to this it does get kind of intense at moments i think money is super triggering and luna kind of guides me slash us listening through a little exercise um so i just also want to offer like take care and also you can just listen to that exercise and do it later if you want or not do it at all if it's not feeling good for you to participate in the moment everything is you know an opt-in and feel free to not participate or take breaks whenever however you need engage with this episode however feels good to you before we get into our conversation I want to share that the Religious Trauma Meditation Album is available. It's also available as a bundle with the Religious Trauma Workbook. If you've been wanting to get that, now could be a good time to do so. The Meditation Album is not going away. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I think I'm just going to have it up always. Um, But it is on a special intro price as a, yay, it's here! Um, offering until december 23rd so if you're wanting to scoop it up now could be a good time to do that it's a collection of 17 meditations that are meant to offer support around some of the impacts of dogmatic religion mainly forms of christianity that i've seen in myself and in others i've supported over the past couple of years through breathwork through the holy reclamation circle and support group Um, and through the workbook, like shame and feeling alone, uncertainty, grief, feeling unworthy and like we're inherently bad, not trusting ourselves, existing as fragmented versions of ourselves rather than our authentic whole selves, being disconnected from pleasure and aliveness, not knowing how to process big feelings, feeling disconnected from our bodies, feeling unsafe in our bodies, and more. So, I hope you'll check it out. The link is in the description if you feel like that would support you and, like, you're wanting to do some healing around some of those things um, and touch some of those soft, tender places with a little bit of guided support. So that's all I have to share. Other than one other thing, which is just, like, if you're having a hard time with this holiday season, I feel you, and I am too, um... I think it can be especially hard when it's supposed to be such a happy, in quotes, time of year, and many of us, for wide varieties of reasons, um, don't always feel that, and that can feel lonely, and that can bring up grief and all kinds of feelings, so I also just want to offer an honor that if you're feeling that way, I'm sending you love, I'm feeling that way too, Um, and hopefully we get through it together. Hopefully you have some spaciousness to um, draw in the support that you need during this time and always. So I always like to start the show by asking about your journey to getting to where you are. And since you've been on the show before, we've kind of had that whole conversation. So I thought maybe we could start by talking a little bit about how you've changed and evolved over the past couple years since I last talked to you and over pandemic time. Woof.
1: That's, oh, I love (laughs) that question. Cause I do feel like most podcasts ask about more of my becoming journey. So, um, yeah, well, since we last talked so much has changed, uh, a really big thing that's very top of mind is that last time we talked, I was still in dating while polyamorous and now I'm not polyamorous. And, um, or at least that's not my like current relationship structure or for the foreseeable future. And my business has also become much more stabilized. Basically it's just like a night and day shift of my nervous system feeling way, 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 way more regulated these days. Mm -hmm. I just have such a deeper well of resource and stability and, um, safety in my world and in my body and i think a huge part of that i mean i guess i just want to honor that the very normal experience of when it what it took for me and i think what it takes for a lot of people to break away from a certain type of conditioning or a certain like mainstream lifestyle, not that I was ever very mainstream. Like I definitely was always kind of like (laughs) the black sheep of my family. Um, if that's, I don't know what that term, the history of that term, but I think people know what I mean. And, um, but it takes a lot of energy and that looking at it from a nervous system standpoint, can be really chaotic. It can be kind of like fight or flight where you just have to get away and you have to break free. And it can look like this really intense awakening and this like huge burst of energy, like a supernova. And what I've also found is to not get addicted to that energy, not be like, oh, well, that has to be my new norm. Like that's what it means to be erotic or that's what it means to be powerful. And that actually that's not sustainable for at least my body and so I trust my process I trust that that's what it took to get where I am today and I also trust that that's not what my forever needs to be and that that like sometimes I'm like am I boring or like so basic these days but no like (laughs) It's actually okay. And I will never trade like safety and resource for that much chaos again. I only need like the the valve of like chaos of erotic charge only needs to open a little bit for me to be like, woo, that was exciting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was so curious to talk about this more with you I'm like I think I'm in a place where I'm asking these kinds of questions of like what is sustainable and what is enough so is there anything else that you feel like sharing about sort of your learning and unlearning around those ideas and figuring out what is sustainable and enough for you and feels good Mm. yeah well I mean I
1: first think it's so important to just honor that our bodies have limits and that while our hearts and minds may want to devour the whole world or to like love the whole world so fiercely our like I'm I'm carnate. I'm like in a body, if that's the right word for it. But yeah, I'm, I, my body has limits and that is beautiful. And accepting that, like, I'm not trying to ascend out of this body. I'm trying to be in it with its gorgeous limits, with its limited capacity and actually getting off on that rather than trying to, um, Constantly push up against them, but rather expand my capacity in a more titrated way, right? Like, how can I feel that aliveness and feel that sense of growth while also grounding in safety regularly? Um, And I see so many people, and I see the past version of myself not having this like strong foundation of safety. And so it was just kind of like this up and down of like super expansion and then super contraction. Um, Whereas when I have more of a well of resource of safety, then like I'm still like continuing to expand, but at a rate that the limits of my body can allow, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that be polyamory or business. So for like a, a concrete example would be in business, I used to do these really, really big pushes and have this really big launch. And I would totally blow my body out of capacity and then be exhausted by it and then need to like not sell anything for months. And I would just live off of whatever I made from that launch, which is a way to do it. And it was just this like cycle of, I wouldn't even feel like I had the capacity to launch again until I was in a state of urgency because my money was running out. And so <laughs> learning to not learning to be able to base everything in pleasure and everything in safety and have the safety net and actually learn how to sell more continuously and actually make more money that way but rather these like not putting all of my eggs in one basket and going for this thing and then And then a part of that is repurposing stuff, right? So, you know, selling the same thing over again, rather than just following that creative, erotic, um, chaotic urge of like, I need to redo everything. I must (laughs) like make it all new because I'm a new person, but rather like how can I stay with the foundation and then like honor that muse, honor that creativity by like sprinkling in some new stuff, but not like making, it's so much harder for me and having to create everything over again and then just burning out from it again, right? Like it's supernova, like, okay, I did it. Because like the first time you create every, anything, it's so exciting, but it's also so much work. So how can I have that sustainable, like doing the same thing over and over again? How can I make it more exciting? Or how can I find excitement and charge in other areas of my life? Like mm-hmm. making money and running my business doesn't have to be the thing that's like, The most exciting all the time.
0: Yeah, that cycle is
1: so relatable. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it
0: might be for some people. I'm like, I feel like I want to say this. (laughs) I'm like, my body is stiff hearing you say that. (laughs) I relate. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't have to be that
1: way, but it's so normal. It's so so normal, and I think that's why it's so important that we keep talking about it.
0: Yeah, and. Okay. I'm like, two questions for you. The first <laughs> one is, when <laughs> you talked about like having this deep well of safety and resource, I'm like, say more. How did you do that? What is, that like? And yeah, okay. Maybe we can just start there and then I'll ask you my other question. <laughs> mm.
1: <sighs> I mean... Really finding a relationship that feels really safe has been such a huge one. And all of the trauma that came up from finally finding safety and how uncomfortable it was um, to realize the other relationships or past relationships I was in were just so not compatible and so taxing on my nervous system. So yeah, like if our the the beginning of the safe relationship felt way harder in some ways because it just, there was the container. And so just like when an animal finally feels safe and so they start shaking it off, it's such a similar Mm. thing in my body of, okay, I'm finally in this safe relationship. And so all the trauma started shaking out metaphorically and literally. Um, So that's a huge one. I mean, I think, for folks being in any type of relationship that is so stressful all the time is it's gonna be really hard to find that type of safety. And I think it's way more important to be single and not be dating if it's that stressful, right? Mm -hmm. While also honoring like working with therapists and stuff, because sometimes it might just be so much of our trauma that it's like hard to tell what's safe. So with nuance, of course. Um and also wanna like bring up always the systems of oppression that make it feel so fucking hard to feel safe in our bodies. And that that's so real and being in a pandemic and racial uprisings and capitalism, just all of the things, there are so many different systems that make it so hard to feel this sense of resource and grounding hands down always. And one of my practices is to first name that. And so to never gaslight myself. Right. And I always say that for my students, I do that as a part of my consensual marketing It's to never blame people for the personal ways that they feel um, like they don't feel safe. And cause it really isn't a personal failure ever because we're so intertwined with these systems. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's a huge privilege for me to even be able to say that I have this deep well of safety. Um, and another piece of that is why I think it's also Im- important to name the system, but then also be like, okay, cool. Now, how do we want to respond to it? right? Like there's the empowering piece. Cause if we were just like, well, the system sucks, it's not my fault. So therefore I'm just going to be miserable for the rest of my life. It's like, no, okay. Like that doesn't feel part of my ethos. I don't want to like spread that message. And um, so more from an empowering stance, like how do I want to respond to this? And one thing that I learned from teaching about sexuality and sexual empowerment for so long was like money is so intertwined with this like if we don't have money then it's hard to get out of these relationships or it's hard to like feel freedom in these systems and I know with a lot of like left leftist communities it can be so like money's the problem money's the problem and that's their right to, to feel that way. And as a leftist, I also like can still grapple with it at sometimes. And in this current reality, like I want money, money helps me have so much choice, so much more um, resource literally. And then I can like do what I want with this money. And so really having money can be such a, a powerful resource and being okay with wanting money, being okay saying that, we love money, being okay with receiving money because even the thought of like having a relationship to money that feels good can be so scary for a lot of people. And so building that relationship like an animist one, like that it's a spirit, how to love it, that has been really healing and um so even in the times where I don't actually even have a lot of resource and money, changing my relationship to it and has changed my relationship to safety um and then finally my last point would be finding the energy of how i want like naming what how i want to feel right like what would be my ideal state and for example It can be easy to be like, oh, I really want to consistently make 10K per month or whatever it is. This is how much I would like to make. This is what would help me feel safe. Or this is how much I would like to have in my savings account to feel safe or whatever the thing is. Or I would like to have this type of community or this type of relationship to feel safe. I would like to have this type of job to feel safe. And taking a step back from like the material thing looking at like, what is the feeling in your body that you're really wanting like, and for safety and for abundance. And Mm -hmm. so, for example, for me, for abundance, which feels very connected to safety, like I want to feel surprise and delight. I want to feel like it's Christmas morning every day. Like I had an amazing childhood when it comes to a lot of things. And we celebrated Christmas in a really sweet, magical way. And so Christmas morning brought so much joy and excitement in my body. And so like that's the thing I'm looking for. And how can I practice feeling that way in everyday like small actions? so instead of just focusing on the like, oh, I want this much money or I want this type of job or I need this type of relationship or I need this group of friends or I need to be part of this program. It's like, oh, no, what I really want is the essence of surprise and delight. How can I bring that into my every day? And like that will train my body to keep looking for it and noticing it and orienting towards it, right? Like orienting towards pleasure. But what is your pleasure? Like how, what does that really mean to you in your body?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh that's so good. When you say that surprise and delight, I really feel it. I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that really specific feeling. That feels so nice and so expansive." <laughs> and I think that's so helpful to think about, like to get more clear about what is it? What is the thing that I am actually seeking and wanting to feel? And like tearing apart or picking apart some of these words and getting more specific because they can mean so many things. Totally. Like for
1: some people, it might be this like deep, cozy, grounding sensation that could be brought about by like a warm blanket and drinking tea and watching sitcoms that they watched when they were growing up. Like that type of like, ooh, I'm just so safe and cozy. And how to bring that in on a daily basis with whatever thing that you need to do that day. Like, how can you bring in moments to help train your body to know how to feel that more regularly and so therefore build your capacity to keep looking for that feeling and rather than like, oh, I need
0: to do this and I need to do this. So one day, maybe I will have that feeling. Right. I mean, I feel like that's the thing. One of the things that resonates with me so much about your work. It's not like when I get to this place, then I will feel pleasure and all of the things that I want. It's like, how do I orient towards that and weave that into my life now and not wait for five years when I have money to feel good or whatever it is. Um, Yeah. So maybe we could talk a little bit more about healing around money. I feel like what you're sharing is so helpful. And maybe I'm asking because I feel in a particularly contracted place about money right now. And it kind of flows for me. Sometimes it feels really good and simple. And sometimes it's like deep contraction. And I'm in one of those times now. So yeah, is there anything else you want to share for folks and me (laughs) around Mm -hmm. healing around money? Yeah.
1: So I mean there's so much but one thing is like I mentioned earlier is thinking about money as a spirit and as, you know, this animistic relationship. And so like how how is your relationship? Like every time that you go to check your account or to look at PayPal or to pay a bill or whatever the thing is, is like, how would you treat a relationship? And like, how, again, how can you bring more pleasure into those practices? Like, how can you ground yourself and pleasure before doing that thing and like, make it an exciting thing? Like maybe Wednesday, you know, the day of Mercury, which is all about transactions and, and money. And, um, maybe that can be your day to like, Ooh, I'm going to like, crunch some numbers today mm-hmm. and like set some goals for how much money I would like to make. Or, you know, Thursday could maybe be your day of setting some goals Thursday for the day of Jupiter. And so one way is like working with the planets and getting, you know, each of the planets as entities and spirits that we get to talk to and be like, Hey, Mercury, like start talking to Mercury, start talking to Jupiter start talking to Venus and like how to bring in more pleasure and then start talking to money itself. And um that money is this mercurial spirit that is very shifting. And so, like, I mean, even right now, if you closed your eyes, like what like how does money appear to you? What archetype is money for you right
0: now? <laughs> I immediately saw a monkey. I don't know why. <laughs> it was just sitting there kind of hunched like what's up (laughs) that's so funny huh
1: (laughs) yeah and then like does the archetype have uh like is there anything that the monkey wants to say to you and is there anything that you want to say to the monkey
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. I was like, I want to tell the monkey that I'm angry at it. (laughs) And that's actually a really difficult feeling for me to feel. And yeah, Yeah. as I'm saying that, I'm like, oh, that yeah, that really makes sense. I think I feel really confused and conflicted around money right now for a lot of reasons. Um, and yeah, I guess I didn't realize that anger was part of that, but I think it is. Yeah, and so just like in a relationship, like
1: if you were angry at someone, but you know you like, you're if you're choosing to have money in your life because you know we can take two paths. Someone could be like, no money, fuck this, I'm gonna live the aesthetic life. Um, and even people say that they're like, I'm gonna live in a cabin in the woods. I'm like, I do live out in the woods, <laughs> and it still costs money. <laughs> I grow food. I compost my poop. <laughs> Money's still really useful. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) So just to debunk that myth, I am a witch in the woods. It takes money. (laughs) Um, And so, if you know, the first thing is like choosing like, am I choosing to be in a relationship with money? And so, like, you do have that choice. And so, then if you're choosing to be in this relationship and you're angry with that entity, then like, what would you do in a human relationship when you're angry, you know?
0: Yeah. I would have a whole conversation about unmet needs and feelings and boundaries and what's not feeling reciprocal or whatever it is. And I would take it to our couple's therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And ideally there would be a time for you to be able to listen to money. Mm -hmm. right for like for them to be able to share what maybe because of this anger not being able to see their side not being able to see the like maybe the way because what happens so often is like with the anger we're just pushing up against something and like fighting it and there's like this push pull like I hate you I love you I hate you I love you and it's Mm -hmm. like Or like, I wanna use you, but I hate you, but I need you. And so it's like, okay, how can we get it to love again? How can we get it to be consensual again? And that like takes listening to kind of the ways that we've been self-sabotaging it, right? Like the ways that like, we maybe not let it in because we're angry. Right. Like that, n- not be able to see the ways that we've been trying to be loved because of that anger and all of those like hurts that we felt. And so once we can name the hurts and let them flow, then we'll be like, oh, you are trying to love me. And I have not even been like paying attention <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or, you know, a gratitude practice like that can be so hor- like feel horrible, but it can help us notice that like, oh, this is the way that you showed up for me. You helped me buy this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. Thank you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? So it's like, at first, it's not fun at all. And then it gets way more fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think part of what comes up for me around that is like, it's probably actually anger at systems of oppression that I'm turning into anger about money and sometimes Mm. that feels really hard to hold like justice and money and pleasure all at the same time and like who gets to have money and yeah it feels I think confusing sometimes more so than others
1: that is so real. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. I, I I forgot that that was such a key element for me in my healing journey was separating those two
0: mm-hmm. that
1: like, they really are separate. And I, and like, often the discourse is that they are the same and capitalism is not the same as money. And like capitalism is exploiting people's labor and like making money off of their money, like off of their work you know, and, but just money itself is just an exchange in energy and it's just like a, an amplifier. It helps us be amplified in whatever we are. And there is a lot of like shadow work to do about feeling like we're allowed to hold that because it it does give us more power. So like trusting our, a a lot of it is self-trust work. Like I trust myself with power. And, you know, one way to do that is to like immediately put 10%, like anytime money comes in, like this 10% is not mine. Like this is going to causes that I believe in. And so like knowing that, like the more that you come in, the more that you're able to give. And so like whatever percentage it is, like 10%, I think is a at least like a, a good amount. Um, Whatever good, bad means, but like... <laughs> So, if like as a way to help trust oneself with money and power, can be a great way to um to do that practice. With the exception that if someone's in a lot of debt, then I think it's actually really powerful to just pay off debt because that's a way of like money cont- continuously being taken from us, like higher percentages. Like if there's high interest rates, then it's like yeah, take care of yourself. Um, yeah, and yeah. Like trusting that process of like, "Oh, I can hold this, and I can do good things with it,
0: yeah, that feels a little bit like something that you mentioned before we got on video today about like building somatic capacity for abundance and for pleasure. um and I'm wondering if there's anything else you want to share about that?
1: <sighs> yeah um what do I want to share about that uh, maybe a clarifying question would be helpful like if you have I'm, I feel like mm-hmm. well I think what's coming up for me right now is I'm like oh crap did I like get too intense like are you okay right now because you oh. just like went deep with money and like your anger and like oh. systems of oppression and it's like really big stuff and so I'm curious like how you are doing right now And if there's anything you need to help like build safety and connection. Thank you for asking.
0: Yeah. How do I feel right now? I think I feel a little bit of like anxious, tingly energy in like my chest and my fingers a little bit and that's yeah, probably coming from that whole experience. So Mm -hmm. I think I'm, Yeah, putting my feet back in my slippers and putting them on the floor feels nice. Um, Maybe I'll have a drink of water, too, if you don't mind. (laughs) Yeah, please. Yeah, I think in my question, what I'm thinking about is an example might be helpful in my relationship. So I've noticed as like my partner and I have been together for longer and longer, I'm getting less triggered by some of the attachment trauma that has come up for me in our relationship because I feel like I'm building this somatic memory of like, oh, this thing happens or we have conflict and then we work it out and we don't break up because all my attachment trauma is rooting back to like, they're going to leave me. So I'm like building this memory of these different things that happen, like ruptures in connection happen, um, different things happen that feels scary and triggering, but we don't break up and we still love each other and everything is actually ultimately okay. Yeah. And I have needed to build that capacity and that memory in my body because I knew that it was unreasonable and we weren't actually going to be breaking up in my head. I knew, but my body was still freaking out Mm -hmm. because I didn't have that somatic memory built up and I'm still building it, but I feel so much more how different it is now than it was in the beginning of our relationship where I had literally none of that built up. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm thinking about that in that context and how I feel like so much of The work around so many things like abundance and like pleasure, and boundaries and stuff is like getting our bodies on board and building that capacity in our bodies to be on the same page as like our our dream or like what we think that it is in our mind. Does that make sense? One hundred percent. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um. I and I think some of the ways or I know some of the ways to do that I really like to do it both from bottom up and top down approaches like Mm -hmm. body-based practices and mindset stuff um and so like the mindset side of things would be gratitude practices on a regular basis and celebrating things on a regular basis like these are things that I do almost every single day Hmm. Um, and then on a body-based thing is like really really reminding ourselves that pleasure is not a reward and that we get to have pleasure first and that yeah like to do a scary thing and if for our bodies a scary thing could be being in a relationship
0: mm-hmm. that like
1: we're allowed to you know, watch that show on Netflix or listen to that um audiobook from our childhood or ask for reassurance in our relationships, you know, mm-hmm. to get that celebration, to get that affirmation. Um and then to like actually take 20 seconds to feel that appreciation in our bodies, right? but to like keep training ourselves that we get to find safety all the time. And that it's not just like, Oh, well, once I do the hard thing or once I have the hard conversation or once I like show that I'm a good partner, it's like, no, you're a good partner. Now you're a good person always. And you always, always, always are worthy of pleasure and safety. And like, how can you find even in like by looking at the smoke, come up off of the incense like and smelling it how can you allow yourself to feel that safety in your body now and just to always prioritize that
0: yeah that's so beautiful and I think looking at incense smoke and smelling incense is one of the most pleasurable (laughs) things to me I think it's so good but i think what i'm hearing you say is that that if then thing and i think this is one of my biggest learnings of this time in my life is like how to be okay and how to find safety when things are not harmonious when there isn't like the perfect amount of money that i would love to have in my bank account when things are not perfect because you know, what does that even mean? And, and also, that's like for one second of the year, I think, where all these conditions are met. And it's like, yeah, how do I feel safe in my relationship, even if there's an issue that we're working on? How do I feel safe with money, even if I have student loans to pay and mm-hmm. stuff like that? It's like, yeah, rather than if then, like now with. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's like, for example, you know, maybe you're needing money and you want to sell something or you're, you know, came up with this, uh, you have a new realization in your relationship where you like want to talk about a boundary or just like the thing that was hard and, you know, you feel that urgency in your body. I'm sure everyone's familiar with that. Like, oh, there's the urgency of like, I need to have this conversation now, or I need to sell something now. I need to write that news now. Or I need to text them now. It's like, that's where it's actually really important to do pleasure first, because that thing is the scary thing that's going on in our lives. And so, and most times, Urgency, unless like the house is literally burning down or like you see something in the street that needs to be like um what's it called de-escalated, you know, most of the time things are not actually urgent. Like I see, you know, on social media where there's just like, I need to share this now. It's like life or death. And it's like sometimes it is, but like take that moment of pause to really check in of like, does it need to happen now? And those are the most important moments to pause and watch that show on Netflix first, right? Like to go for a walk and to help our nervous system, um, to help our own bodies deescalate a little bit and discharge a little bit of that fear. And, And then when it's so much easier to make a decision from safety and from some pleasure, like the conversation will go so much better the sale will go so much better you know it just it makes all the difference in the world and so that's specifically what I mean about pleasure first pleasure first pleasure first
0: (laughs) yeah and that feels so true like to me that urgency has such a like chaotic rushed up in the head feeling like it does not feel good to me and when I'm in that space I don't feel good and that's like talking about how we want to feel like that's not it that's not actually how I want to feel in my life but if we just like let capitalism (laughs) run everything inside of us then that's how we're gonna feel all the time and I think that you bring right before you said
1: capitalism i was like yes we need to bring it back to that because i think it's so important to normalize again that this isn't us Mm -hmm. like this is a product of capitalism this is a product of colonization this is a product of system of oppression and so to like never blame ourselves for feeling in this urgent state like this is not even as humans how we were like (laughs) we evolved to be for millions of years like we would hardly be in these like stressed out states." And so, yeah, to just not take shame out of the equation. Like, it's so fucking normal to feel urgent. It's so fucking normal to feel afraid. Like, it's never, ever about you. It's never our personal failures, right? It's never that. And it's disrupting these systems of oppression when we ground in pleasure. Like, to radicalize it and be like, yes, this actually is so important to ground and safety even if it is only like a five-minute practice or a half an hour show on Netflix I just keep saying that because that has been such a powerful practice for me is like I had this like rigid rule that I could never watch TV during the day and that like I had to always even if like I was doing something that was a pleasure practice like television was just off the table it wasn't like my pleasure practice had to be more productive than that and like (laughs) Really, it's like so helpful when I, and I think that urgency that is not ours, you know, it's like it's the system that can get us into this black and white thinking that actually spins our wheels. We're like, no, 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 like I need to get this stuff done or I'll never get done if I watch that show or if I do that thing first, then I'm quote unquote lazy, which laziness does not exist. Devin, Dr. Devin Price wrote an amazing book about it. Um, that then I will you know, never get the thing done, but really like it's that binary intense thinking of like, it has to be now or never, but it often takes us so much more time when we're in that stressed out state. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so when we can be like, okay, no, I am going to do it. And maybe even tell a friend that you're going to do it. It's like, but I need this grounding practice first and like letting that happen first and then do the thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's making me think about, and now I've just forgotten and it's completely left my brain. (laughs) Oh, this is it. Okay. (laughs) That's making me think about (laughs) It's making me think about how I think I have this like scarcity mindset around energy. Like when you talked about like taking a break for pleasure, like watching a 30 minute show or something, I think when I feel that I have energy, I'm like, this is going to go away. I must use that for the most productive stuff possible. And I can't take a break until the energy is gone (laughs) because Mm -hmm. it might never come back, which it always does come back. It doesn't always come back when I want it to, but it always does come back. And as you're talking, I'm just like, yeah, connecting some of those dots around that. And I do literally have like That energy is not infinite and permanent. I have limited capacity. My body has limited capacity. Um, But I think actually it's really not helpful when I do that rushing thing rather than like take a break and make it more sustainable. And even rather than these like huge spikes of ups and downs in my energy, because I don't know that that's how I really want to (laughs) feel. Yeah.
1: And I, yeah, I I want to honor that because I think it's so normal too like I just want to like that's so relatable and I think that like anything it gets to have nuance right like Mm -hmm. most things it gets to have nuance like I I also agree that sometimes I'll go through spurts where I just don't feel like doing much of anything and so maybe I'll have that moment in a day where I'm like I actually feel like doing this but I plan to do to not do it. I plan to rest or whatever. And sometimes I will just like take advantage of that. And so I think it's something that we get to play with and be like, and I definitely go through periods of times where I'm like, okay, I do my special morning ritual that's tarot and journaling. And then I go to my computer, you know, and then I do my thing. But then sometimes I wake up and I'm just like super inspired to do something that I haven't felt like doing for a while. So I'm like, I'm gonna tackle that right now. So I guess I just wanna honor that like. I think that's so great to just kind of let when we have the burst to do it. And I'd say the difference is like not bringing in the story of like shoulds of like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's never going to happen again. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, there's such a timeline on it. Or like just knowing that our timing is always perfect. Right. Like that's an important reminder. And that like our we're exactly where we need to be. Our pace is perfect. And yeah, there is this this scarcity attached to it too because I I had this ex partner who was so obsessed with opportunity like he just could not stop talking about like the the fruit of opportunity and like the like you know pick it before it goes and it led him to doing things that he didn't actually want to do or just like down these rabbit holes of like well it was free or well it was someone asked or well I wouldn't have like if I didn't do it then and I think there's that urgency again that you know also can happen in capitalism of like well it's on sale now and it's like well would you want it at full price like would you or like would you want it anyways and um not that if you want it full price but like would you want it anyways and like and you now can afford it with the sale or are you just buying it because it's on sale and so I think there's that balance of like taking out the shoulds and like the shame and the urgency, right?
0: Yeah, and I think there's just like a flexibility to what you're saying versus a rigidity to
1: the mm. if
0: "this is how I feel." Then it always must be this way, rather than like actually showing up and meeting yourself in the moment and your energy and your body and your feelings and flowing with that, and not like having these hard crunchy rules around everything. Yeah. That feels way better to me. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm just like such a fan of nuance and flexibility and like containers yeah. and structure are important, but like rigidity is really hardly ever actually helpful,
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you bring up shame too, and that makes me want to ask you this, which might be a nice note to end on, um about fierce self-love and mm. i have thoughts for me about what the idea of fierceness and self-love means but i would love to hear like what that means to you and how that shows up in your life
1: mm. something that my therapist helped me with lately because something we didn't get to is like being raised catholic so i'll just like sprinkle that in real quick but, i like- can't
0: believe i forgot- I was just so into the conversation.
1: <laughs> so good. There's just so much to talk about. Always
0: Sprinkle it um, in.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I was raised Catholic and I have one of the biggest things that have impacted me from that is guilt and just like the self-critical talk all the time that can be so sneaky that I don't even notice it. You know, it's just like somehow slipped under the radar and My therapist said to me a few weeks ago, that's like, okay, if your self critical radar is really high right now, like, how can you make yourself or like rate? And it's like a not a pendulum. What's it called when it's not a radar? It's like a gas gauge. It's a gas gauge. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Like, imagine it's a gas gauge. So, if like your self critical gas gauge, maybe you did something that you're not proud of or something so you're self-critical you're just like oh god i need to punish myself now or i need to like do this other thing i need to beat myself up because Mm -hmm. i bought something off of amazon or whatever the thing is right um how can you make your self-acceptance meter even higher like how can you you know bring in your affirmations even more how can you like bring in your pleasure practices even more and to me that's self-love that's like okay, when the times are hard, like how can you bring in even more? It's like, again, it's just, it's never a reward. It's never like, you don't get to have just affirmations when you did a fucking good job or like when you made a sale or when you donated money or when you showed up for something, you get affirmations all the time because you're human and you make mistakes and that you're still always, always worthy. So like, how can you amplify those messages all the time, always? and just keep reminding ourselves that again and again and again that we are so worthy like this isn't a this isn't a competition with ourselves on like doing more being better it's like you are worthy right now just as you are you deserve pleasure right now always period forever
0: <laughs> yeah always period forever <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, and trusting that like I, a part of being human is wanting to create and wanting to contribute in some way. And like, if you're not feeling that way, it's actually more that you probably need a lot more rest and a lot more pleasure. And that it's just like thinking about a garden. If it's not blooming, you don't just like yell at it. You put so many more nutrients on it. You feed the soil, you water it, you plant more seeds. So like do that with yourself but know that like you, just your existence has something to contribute. And if it's hard to see right now, you give yourself more love and it will naturally happen it will naturally grow. And you may not even understand how you're contributing, but by being on this planet, you are like mm. that. I so firmly believe that.
0: I love that <laughs> so much. <laughs> I was just visiting my friend in San Diego the other week and she was showing me her garden with his beautiful tomato plant. And the little tomatoes were so delicious. They were amazing. And I'm just picturing us like yelling at the garden to try and make it make more tomatoes. Like that, what? That, the tomatoes will feel sad. They're not gonna grow more. They're probably gonna grow less because the energy is just negative. that's not it so thank you for that really beautiful image (laughs)
1: totally and I just I so firmly believe that like your existence matters and that like you belong here like I just want that message to be for so many people because I know a lot of folks are struggling with the pandemic and struggling of like you know humans have done some really fucked up things but I'm just so clear that everyone belongs, like you belong. And mm. like, I'm just so clear about it. So like, if you get confused, like just know that I'm a beacon. That's just like your existence matters. You're allowed to take up space on this planet. Please take up space on this planet.
0: Yeah. Those words feel like a hug. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <They're
0: good. laughs> Luna, can you tell everyone where people can find you and if there's anything cool you have coming up that you want to share? Yeah, I would
1: love to. Thank you for asking. Um, It was such a pleasure getting to talk with you again.
0: Such a pleasure. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Um, You can find me primarily on Instagram. That's where I spend a lot of uh, work time or marketing time sharing my work. And that is Luna, two underscores, Dietrich. Dietrich is spelled diet rich. Um, and then my website is the same thing. So lunadietrick.com. And I'm about to launch my signature course that I've been doing for four years, maybe more that I've had hundreds and hundreds, like at least 600 people have gone through, maybe a thousand, I don't know. It's been a while to look at numbers. Um, but it's all about facing pleasure oppression and rooting into fear self-love. And it's so full-on, amazing, lots of live touch points, interactions, and lots of self-paced content. And if you want a taste of that, you can go to my website and I have a free mini course called Pleasure Witch Practice. Um, it's like seven modules and it's just a tiny taste. but if you want something free to just like get a taste of what I do and more of this, then that's where. I'd recommend going. <laughs>
0: so pleasing Thank you for sharing. And I also yeah. feel like I have to share with you. I just like pulled the zoom over to the center because I don't need like my little questions anymore on this side, I <laughs> use. But, <laughs> and one of the, clo- I have this quote on my desktop in a little box from the ethical slut says, pleasure is a worthwhile goal in and of itself. And it's on the back of my computer screen. So yeah, that feels appropriate for this conversation. That's so real. It's so funny
1: how like the different cycles of things of how you hear something and you're like, yes, and then you understand on another level. And then on another level, you're like, oh, my gosh, this accent.
0: like it just keeps getting clearer of anything. Uh-huh. It's so real. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for being here. It was so fun to talk to you again. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Thank you for having me thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I appreciate it so, so much, and it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show, with an indie podcast. You can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description, and I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it, and stay in touch on instagram at erynj underscore or patreon until then